15th chapter of the book of Luke. We'll begin reading in the first verse. It says, Then drew near, now listen to these, always listen when the Bible's being read to you and listen because this is what we will be preaching on. I, I won't go, I won't go out of this today. No way. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, as they always did, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, Now this parable is in answer of the Pharisees uh, and scribes. What man of you, talking to the Pharisees and scribes, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying, Unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for watching over taking care of us. Thank you for everything, Lord. Thank you for sending folks out today. Lord, we pray that you'll bless them. We pray that you'll go with them. We pray that they'll leave here this afternoon after the afternoon service, saying it's good to be in the house of the Lord once again. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. We're referring to uh, uh, that one lost sheep. That's the title of my message today, that one lost sheep. Now, when we think about this, um, I want you to understand a lot of people... A lot of preachers don't preach on this. I, I was assigned this subject at a Bible conference many years ago, and and I did a lot of study on this part of the Scripture. And uh, I was assigned the subject, the 99. And uh, what I preached about it, some didn't agree with me at the Bible conference, but I can't help it. Um, well, they did or not, but uh, but the ones he's answering here are the Pharisees and the scribes. And when he says here in the seventh verse, he says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons, that is, people who think within themselves that they are just, 99 just people uh, who, which need no repentance. And, and so the 99 here is, they're, they're lost sheep, or they're lost period. And, and they're, they're those who believe they're the Lord's sheep. They're those who believe that they're, that they're someday that the Lord's going to take them to heaven, but yet there are those that 
that was against him and everything that he did. And that's when he answered them, he answered them in, th- in this way. So won't you understand that, that this is what this is referring to here when he talks about, when he's answering those Pharisees and scribes who murmured against him, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he, he, under- he wanted them to understand that this is where he finds the lost sheep is among sinners. That's where he goes out and he finds the lost sheep among sinners. Now the murmuring of the self-righteous scribes and Pharisees caused our Lord to answer their criticism with a parable which describes his reasoning for dealing with sinners such as they who didn't feel they were sinners. You, you cannot convince these people that they were sinners. They, they would say, no, we are righteous people and, and we do the right things. And, and, and we, we follow after the right things, but the only thing is they were lost. They, the, that goes to show you right there, folks, and, and I hope everybody understands this, and I hope everybody doesn't think that, that I'm trying to de, uh, had a man tell me several years ago, he said, y'all have a way of, 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 of de-saining people, I think he said. In other words, in other words, uh, taking saints out and de-sainting them, making them not saints anymore. Well, they weren't saints to start with. These, these scribes and Pharisees were never saints of the Lord. Yes, they were, they were true to the old Jewish orthodoxy. They were true to the old things that, uh, in, in the Old Testament, uh, teachings concerning religion. They were legalists. And, and they were not saved, and, and they were not saved people. The only one that was saved in that whole group was the one that was lost. And and just listen to this message, and I, I think you'll understand a lot better what I'm saying. These Pharisees and, and scribes, they were sneering at Christ for rejecting them and receiving terrible sinners who they believed were not like them. They, what they were getting on Christ for is that Christ was going out and he was looking for sinners that were not like them because why? Because they did not feel they were sinners. They did not believe that they were sinners. Remember what they said over in the 18th chapter of the book of Luke. They said, we are not as other, we are not, I'm sorry, we are not as other men are. They, they said that. They said, we're not like other men. What the other men they're referring to was the publican that went up to the temple to pray, who went up there, and he was the only saved one in that group. He, the publican was the only saved one in that group. Those Pharisees weren't saved. But they tried to justify themselves by saying, we go to church every time the doors is open. Uh, we, we give. Uh, we, uh, 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 we pray. And, and, and we do all these other things that the, the, the Old Testament teaches that we should do. We do those things. Well, you remember another one. There was another one in the scriptures that was the same way that that was the, the rich young ruler. You know, he told, he told Christ, he said, he said, what, what must I do to be saved? And Christ told him, he said, well, I've done all those things. 
I've done all those things since birth. So why, why are you saying I'm not saved? I did, I've done those things. I've, I've kept the law and I've followed the law and I've, I've done the law. I've done, I've done everything that the law teaches, which they didn't because Paul t- t- tells them in, in the 10th uh, chapter of the book of Romans, Paul tells them, Paul says, you have not done all the law. You say you have, but you have not done all the law. Let me tell you, folks, there were, there were 3,005 laws given in the Old Testament. Now, I venture to say there's not a soul that's ever lived upon the earth, first of all, could tell you all 3,005 of them. And secondly, I, I doubt that there's a person who could sit and tell you that they've kept all of them, except they lie about it. They have not. And this is what, this is where all of this came from. This is where this came from. So what we want to preach on today is that one lost sheep. That one lost sheep. He says, uh, uh, in Luke 19, uh, two chapters over from here, Jesus said, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. You, you know, you're not, you're not going to find Lost people among, among saved people. You're going to find lost people among lost people. And that's where you're going to find them at. But there are some among lost people that, that are the lost sheep. That they, they are those that are, are lost, but yet they have not been saved yet. And, and certainly those are the ones that you're going to find. That's, that's what the ones the Lord goes seeking after. The one lost sheep is evident that Christ came to save lost sinners. Now, if we're to understand that one lost sheep, that one lost sheep that we're talking about today, then we must see that there was a terrible discovery here. A terrible discovery. And that is, there was one that was lost. The terrible discovery was one that was lost. Now, now let me tell you, folks, it, it's a terrible discovery. We've had a couple uh, or three here at church that have made a profession of faith years ago, and, and, and they come forward and they have said, "Well, I just I've realized I've never been saved." Now, that that's a terrible discovery to find out. You know, I know I know we had one that came here, and, and he said. He said that, he said, I realize I'm not saved, but he had people right here in the congregation telling him he doesn't know what he's talking about. Now that's sad. That's sad, you know, that's a terrible thing for someone to come and say, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm not saved like some of you think I am. And, and that's a terrible thing. That's what happened with this 99. If you'll notice one thing, the Lord counted the 99, but he didn't count the one. There was a hundred, there was a hundred of them there. But he counted the 99 and he said, they're all here. But he said, man, one of them's lost. One of them's lost. I've got to go find them. That'd be just like a, a 50 people here. 
and one of them's lost. And, and, and the sad part about it is that's where, uh, that, that, that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible discovery to find out that one is lost. What would you do if one of your children is lost? What would you do if one of your children is lost? Uh, you, you folks have got children. Some of you have got children. What, what would you do if your children was lost? You would do the same thing the Lord did. You would want to try it and go and find them. And that, that was discovery that came out of this. The Lord, one is lost. He counted the 99 and he says one is lost. And who did he, who did he come to go after? He came to seek and to save that one is lost. He didn't come to seek and to save those who think they're saved. He didn't come to seek to save those who think they're all, their lives are all right. He came to seek and save that one that was lost, that knows he's lost and, and realizes he's lost. Now, what would you do? This lost sheep was given to Christ before the foundation of the world, and he would never lose one of them. He says, he says, I will never lose one of them. I will never lose one of them. And, and that's exactly what he's, that's why he went to look for the lost sheep, because he said, I will never lose one of them. That's in Ephesians, uh, the, uh, if, I, I'm sorry, in John, the sixth chapter. Now, he said, I'll never lose one of them. His urgency was evident at just one lost, that, just that one lost one. This lost one brings out the sympathy and desire of his heart to find him. Yeah, I tell you folks, it's something. It's something. Am I not eternally grateful that he knew I was lost and came to find me on March 27, 1967. You know, I ran around with a rough crowd. I, I didn't run around with a self-righteous crowd. I ran around with a rough crowd. But out of that rough crowd, if there, if there was a hundred of them there, he found that there was one there that's really lost. All the rest of them, I had, I, I ran around with, with, with boys that one of them told me one time after I was saved and I went and witnessed to him and he said, listen, he said, why are you doing this? I said, because I feel that I need to tell you about Jesus. And he said, don't you know, Paul, I wasn't but 22 years old. He said, don't you know, Paul, that by the time we get old, they're going to have a pill that all we got to do is take that pill and we're going to live on. We're just going to stay on this earth. We're just going to live on and on. Well, we're at that age now and I, where's that pill? Where's that pill that the sharp, this boy's last name was sharp. Buddy sharp. He said, he said, don't you know he about the same age I am. He said, don't you know that when we get old, there's going to be a pill that we won't have to worry about having salvation and going to hell. Well, there is no pill. 
There is no pill. And I'm glad, I'm glad that when I look back and see that, I'm glad that March of 27, 1967, the Lord came after that one lost sheep. And that was me. He came after him at that time. The great apostle Paul said, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is the reason he went to find me and all others who are his lost foe. Why? Because he loves us. He loved me before I ever loved him. The Bible says that. He loved me before I ever loved him. I didn't know March of 27, 1967 that the Lord loved me. If you'd have told me that, I'd have, I, I, I would have called you a liar. Because I, I, I had no intentions. I had no intentions of getting religion. I didn't want religion. I didn't want religion. I mean, I, 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 at 22 years old, I'd already been in the military and already got out and, and, and already served there. And, and, and I was not seeking religion. Now, if we're to understand that one lost one, we must see a tremendous purpose. There's a purpose in all this. If he loved one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine. This is what verse four says. If he, if he, I'm sorry. If he lose one of them, I not love. If he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness. Now, why would you leave sheep in the wilderness? The wolf, the wolf can, the wolf is going to get the sheep that doesn't have the shepherd with them. The wolf is not going to get the sheep that he's going to look for because he knows that sheep is still alive somewhere. But here he leaves what some people teach. He leaves 99 of those lost sheep in the wilderness and goes after one. Now, that's just not good calculation. He counted the 99, and he said, but he didn't count the one. Bible doesn't say he counted 100. All we know is that there was 100 of them, but he didn't count 100. He only counted 99. He said, one of them's lost. He said, and that's the one I'm going to go after. He counted the 99, but did not count the one that was lost. The 99 were those of lost Israel. He knows who belongs to his fold and who does not. To be out of his count is to be lost. How many are going to hear those terrible words at the great white throne of judgment, I never knew you. They're going to hear that. I mean, if you're sitting here today and you've got any doubts about your salvation, you better you better get some more clarity in your life. Because I want to tell you, you're going to hear those words someday. When you when you realize that you're you're going to be cast into that lake of fire 
and brimstone which burns forever and ever, which the fire's never quenched, the worm never dies. You know, it's just like throwing a fire. It's like throwing a worm in a fire, and 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 the worm never dies. That's what it says. For the worm never dies. And then to hear the Lord look you right in the eye, you're going to be standing there destitute. You're going to be standing there naked. You're going to be standing there with absolutely nothing to offer the Lord. People says, "Well, they'll give you the shirt off your back." You're not even going to have a shirt on your back to give. You're going to be standing there destitute and naked, and the Lord's going to say, I never knew you. He knew that lost one, but he never knew, he didn't know the others. He does not seek the one lost sheep because of its value, but because of his love for it. If the Lord loved the 99, then then, then he wouldn't, he certainly wouldn't have left them in the wilderness. Because he, he has already promised you and me that are saved, he's promised us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's never going to leave the 99 in the wilderness where they're, where they're, where they are, uh, where they are fodder for, uh, the, the wolves. And go after one of them. He's never going to do that. He loved every little lamb of his fold from the foundation of the world. He will never leave one of them in the wilderness. You'll never be left in the wilderness. You may say, well, sometimes I feel like I'm in the wilderness, but you'll never be left there. Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't care what you're going through. You can be the most depressed Christian in the world and the Lord still loves you and he's still with you. You, you, just, you just read, you study some of Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was the, one of the great preachers of, of, of his day and even, even through today. He's one of the great preachers of his day. But he had bouts with depression that he'd have to take off for months and go down to his bungalow on the coast and stay there by himself to try to get over his depression. But yet the Lord never did forsake him. He's got a whole message on that. You just read it. You just, I mean, you, you, you can read that whole message. Of course, he preached several thousand of them, so. Uh, and it's going to take you, that one message is probably going to take you an hour, hour and a half to read it at least, much less have to preach it. Now, if we're to understand that one lost sheep, we must see a treacherous search. Can you, can you understand it? Verse 4 says he's going to search until he finds it. Just like if you had a lost child, you're going to search and search until you find it. How far he goes is until he finds it. Whatever the terrain may be, until he finds it. There is no quitting in him, it's until he finds it. 
There is no turning back for him until he finds it. And let me tell you, folks, if you're here and saved today, he found you. He will find every lost sheep that belongs to him. He said himself, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That one lost sheep, that one lost sheep was being drawn to the Lord, but that lost sheep didn't know that. But I want to tell you, when he found that lost sheep, there was rejoicing. And that's what, that's, that's what we want to think about. If we're to understand one lost sheep, we must see a triumphant homecoming. A triumphant homecoming. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me, for I have found that lost sheep. Rejoice with me, for I have found that lost sheep. I didn't know when the Lord saved me, March 27, 1967, I didn't know that there was rejoicing. I didn't know that. They, no one, no one came to me in, 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 in the church that I was in, the church I was going to at that time, or church Rhonda was going to, let me say it like that. No one came to me and said, I'm just so thankful that the Lord saved you. No one. No one. No one rejoiced when the Lord saved. You know, we have... We had two young girls saved here not too long ago. Everybody's rejoicing. I still rejoice over it. I I still rejoice over it. I still rejoice over it even to this day. I still rejoice over it, and I'll probably rejoice over it until I'm gone from this world. But no one rejoiced over it. No one told me I'm, I'm thankful. God said, not my mama, not my daddy. Not my brother, my my sister. No one said I'm thankful. Instead, that bunch I ran around with, they started calling me on the phone, and, and they started saying, it's, "Don't tell me it's not true." I said, "Tell you what's not true. Tell me it's not true that you found religion." I and at that time I said, "Yeah, I did find religion, but I didn't know any better." I didn't, I didn't know any better that it was him that found me. It wasn't me that found him. I didn't know any better. I said, yeah, I found religion. And they said, I just can't believe it. I had a guy drove 110 miles. He drove from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, to where I lived up in the mountains. He drove from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, all the way up there. I was in the military with him. He drove from Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, all the way up there, and he said, uh, I heard that you're religious now. And I said, well, you heard right. I am. I didn't know no better. I didn't know any, any better answers to give. But I said, you, you thought right. He said, well, I, I had to drive up here to find out. He said, I couldn't take what people were telling me. He said, I just can't believe it.
Not one person rejoiced. But let me tell you, I'm saying that wrong. Because one person did rejoice. And that was Jesus when he found me. When he found me, he rejoiced. With Christ, there is nothing but rejoicing. With Jesus. It doesn't make any difference that no one else rejoiced when I was saved. And it would make no difference no one else rejoiced when you were saved. That, that person I was talking about that came forward and said the Lord had saved him, they weren't, any, they weren't a lot of rejoicing in that either. Instead, there was folks that said, I, I, I just think you don't understand what you, what, what's happening. Oh, yeah. I had that said to me. He, he just doesn't understand what's happening. Let me tell you, folks, there is something to that one lost sheep. There is something to that one lost sheep. There is something out there that is to that one lost sheep. Where is that one lost sheep now? Is he in here or is she in here? Or is she out still out there? Where is that one lost sheep? Is that one lost sheep here today? Or is he still out there yet to be found? I say unto you, Jesus said in verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one soul that repenteth. Now, let's go back with a little history. There is one thing that those scribes and Pharisees would not do. They absolutely would not repent. Jesus told them two times in Luke, I believe it's 7th or 8th chapter, Jesus told them two times. He said, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. He told them again two verses later. He said, except ye repent, likewise you will perish. And I'm telling you here today, if you're so religious that you can't repent of your sins, I, you'll say, well, I'm saved. I don't care. There's still repentance after you're saved. And I want to tell you folks, I'm, I'm seeing a lacking of repentance. I'm seeing a lacking of, of repentance. Because people don't want to repent of something they think's right. They do, they don't want to repent of it. They want to slide it under the rug and let it go. I'm telling you folks, I'm just a preacher of the gospel, I'm a pastor of one of the Lord's churches, and I'm going to tell you like it is. They just sweep it under the rug, that proverbial rug that was created. They sweep it under there, and they let it go. They don't want to tell anybody the truth about it. If you don't want to tell anybody the truth about it, you're not repenting. You're not repenting. There's a lot of things that I don't know. But surprisingly, there's a lot of things I do know. And I've said this many times over the years. It's what I don't know that bothers me. It's what I do know that bothers me. That's the thing that bothers me. Or the things that I do know. 
The psalmist said, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's referring to that one lost one. Once, once the Lord put that one lost sheep on his shoulder and came back rejoicing to tell all the others about it, then that's that one lost sheep. That when that lost sheep dies, precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of one of his saints. Psalms one sixteen fifteen. Let me tell you folks, I'm looking forward to the day I will really get to go home. You say, well, aren't you going to go home when service over today? I'm going to go to the house. That's not home. That's not home. I'm going to go to the house. I'm really looking forward to the day when I will really go home. And I say today, may God bless you this morning. And if you're one of those lost sheep, I'm sorry that all of you didn't hear the whole message. But if you're one of those lost sheep, I pray that God will seek you out this morning. And he'll find you. And you'll come and let us know about it. Nothing I preach can make you come. Nothing I say can make you come. Nothing anybody else in here can say will make you come. only thing that you're going to come here rejoicing before the Lord is if the Lord finds you. He counted the 99. I can sit here and count what we got here today. But he didn't, he didn't include that one lost one. Just like today, the Lord knows every person who has self-righteousness. He knows every one of them. He knows every person that is yet to be saved. He knows every one of them. I don't know who they are. I can't tell you. I just preach what God lays on my heart to preach. And if it steps on your toes or it hits you, then you better rejoice in the Lord because it was meant for you. It was meant for you. I had a man one time many years ago. He told, he said, when, when the church was viewing this pastor for a call to come and be their pastor, this man said when the church voted on me, this church said that one man stood up, he said, we need somebody that will step on our toes. And I thought to myself, oh, you really you really mean that? I said to myself, I didn't say it. I said, you really mean that the church needs somebody that will step on your toes? Well, guess what? Guess who was the first toes I stepped on? Was that man? He got up and left the church. He left the church. He got up and left the church and never came back. He was a member of the church. He was a deacon in the church. He left the church and never came back all because his was the first toes I stepped on. 
Let me tell you, folks, if this message hits you between the eyes, you need it. It's for you. It's for you. Let's all stand if you would. We're going to sing a